0: Welcome to Talking Business and Life with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini. Claudio and Steve will share their business and life experience to help you grow your business and improve your life. Here's Claudio and Steve. Hello, everyone. And thank you so much for tuning in to Talking Business and Life with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini. I am Claudio Relsano. And I am Steve Mancini. And we appreciate all of you listening. And don't forget, you can tune into Italian Impact Weekly at italianimpactweekly.com. And, of course, on CRSMmedia.com, you can listen to this show and Italian Impact Weekly on crsmmedia.com. We have a very, very special guest today. I met our guest a few weeks ago after speaking with him about five minutes. I knew this young man was a special young man, big personality. And that's before I knew what he did for a living, but I knew he had success written all over him. And, uh, and I'm very glad to have him on the show. He's an attorney, Daniel Hickton. Danny, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate the warm welcome. All right, brother. Very well. It's well-deserved. Well-deserved. And that's not you.
1: scripted. <laughs> <laughs> it is, just in case I forget. I,
0: I ad lived a, a little bit. Okay, we always like to start off. Where are you from? I'm
1: from right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I grew up in Crafton.
0: Okay, not too far away. And a question that I always ask everybody, because I know for me, age 17 was uh, a pretty pivotal year for me. And that's when you're a senior in high school, and where do I go to college? What do I do? What am I going to choose for a living? Tell us about the 17-year-old Danny
1: hickton uh 17 year old me was playing ice hockey and applying to every school that uh my parents made sure i could apply to to make sure i want to go there uh i was really blessed with the opportunities you know middle child two older siblings who came before me uh three three below me so trying to set an example for them uh looked around decided you know i want to maybe be a doctor actually believe it or not i applied to every school under the sun to try to go become a doctor uh settled on Pitt. i thought Pitt would be a nice local connection and uh Reached out and found that that was my path, and decided I'm a Pittsburgh kid through and through. I'm gonna stay here and I'm gonna pursue that, uh, and started my, my, cre- my career towards college.
0: So, what changed? When did it change from being a doctor to an attorney?
1: That's a great question. You know, first year of college, you get in there, you come in with lots of credits, maybe, <laughs> and uh, you don't know what you're, you're you're signing up for. Right. And so, I, I took a lot of classes like uh, biology, chemistry, physics, and I found that I was a little bored. Um, Mm. actually and so I I pivoted a little bit and and started to study a little bit more law and politics a little bit more economics behavioral economics marketing and I found that I you know my calling was helping people um, and that was a way that I was gonna go help people go be a lawyer
2: all right Steve I want to ask you something Um, we're gonna pretend like we've never met before (laughs) Um, well we can we can mention that little little neat detail um, because it was funny real quick when 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 uh, Claudio said, hey we're gonna have a this kid named Danny Hickson. I said, "Danny, I, I, could this be the same one that we'd worked with a few years ago?" And it is, and it's it's great actually seeing you again. Um, trust me, you may not have aged now, but when I see you again, you're gonna look like me, and I'm sorry to hear that. Um, in <laughs> it's great advance. to see you. Too, no, so. I appreciate it. Um, it was it was fun. Uh, you, you know, I, I remember. You know, geez, it was like five six years ago. You were an intern, um, still kind of figuring things out. And uh, you know, we're gonna talk about your career here in a second. But um, you kind of used a couple of words while you were talking, blessed and faith. Um, I just want to ask you that faith, how important is that to you?
1: It's integral to my life. Um, You know, whether or not you believe in, you know, a Christian or secular God or whatever religion you believe in, um, I think it's important to have faith in yourself and faith in the people around you. Um, It's an important thing in community building, uh, trust building, and just having that hope and guiding light in your life.
2: And it's no coincidence that uh, you and I may or may not have gone to the same high school. Of course, course years (laughs) apart. (laughs) Years apart. But I always like to ask that question because, you know, one thing I've said before when people ask me is, I'm going to give a little bit of props to Central. We went to Central Catholic here in Pittsburgh. Central's a good school. When I went to Central, it really, when I went into college, because you said something else, you said I was kind of bored. And I'm thinking, when I got to Central, I was the same way in my freshman year. I was like, I already studied this in high school. Did that? Did did you run
1: into that same problem? Oh, exactly. You know, Central Catholic's a fantastic school. Um, having two hundred guys around you that are your brothers for life is just something that can't be understated. It's such a support network, and uh, the classes there are top tier. Um, I remember AP Bio with Mark Crotech, who's got a lab over at CMU, and this guy's teaching you basically, you know, freshman level two hundred bio when you're uh, you know a junior in high school. So. It's a fantastic school, and that boredom kind of does set in because you know we we like a challenge, us Central guys, right? We like to go up against something hard.
2: And you know what? It's funny because it didn't take me long after when you're going through high school, you're like, "Just get me out of here! I hate it!" I'm walking the quad, you know, until you're I think you're a senior and then you don't have to walk it anymore. Or I don't know if it was junior senior. For the non Central guys, for lunch, what they do is they literally make you walk around a statue every day for lunch. You get to eat, and you go out, and you just walk around this statue. it's your punishment for being there, I guess. But, um, but you don't appreciate it. And later on, when you get out to your point, you start running. Oh, you went to Central. I went to Central. And, and all of a sudden, there's that instant connection because you've all been through that Experience. Does, have you run into any fellow Central you say, oh man, hey man, been a long time? Besides Absolutely. me, of course. Absolutely. Well, of course with you. I mean, you're one of my favorite bosses out there. Get out of here. And you're not but getting paid to say this, folks. I, I this know, is
1: sincere. I, no, I, I was in an airport one time. I tell this story all the time. Uh, I was flying back to Pittsburgh and I had a tie on, uh, as us Central boys like to do uh, since we were in ninth grade. And someone came up to me on the same flight, granted, but they uh, walked right up to me and they shook my tie knot and they said, "Central Catholic, buddy, aren't you?" And they told me what year they graduated. So, uh, you know, you can you can see these guys anywhere, and you can see the character that that school builds in people. So,
0: you know, I've never seen a high school from anywhere that has that kind of connection, or, geez, what, what can I call it? A fraternity. A fraternity. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've never
2: seen it. There's not many more. I mean, there's not that many. All boys' high schools, even in Catholics, they're, they're yeah. usually co-ed. Right. And it's one of the few that said, "Ah, eh, we're, gonna, we're gonna keep it that way. And there is an all-girls school right down the street, you know, to keep the guys from sure. going
0: crazy. But it does create a bond, to your right. point. Now, Danny, you, you played hockey, okay? Now, you can tell us a little bit about your hockey career, but also you said there was a life lesson that you learned at some period in your hockey career, and you'd like to share that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, picking up on where we were left off with Central Catholic, it's such an intense school for competition. And that competition in sports, goes to science and everything. And you're there to support each other, but you're also, as man sharpens man, steel sharpens steel. You're there to make each other tougher and stronger. So, uh, you know, I, I was a really good hockey player. I was fortunate to play against Brendan Saab uh, as Pine Richland same year, the guy who went on to win the Stanley Cup for Chicago. Um, and we, we did good against them actually, believe it or not. Um, and so I was, I was looking at hockey as a thing that I would do through college, but I didn't really fully understand what that meant with the, the workload and the costs and everything. And I uh, ultimately decided, I'm just not going to do that. You know, I'm going to hang out and party and get to know people and, and do the college thing. Um, and, you know, I regret that immensely, uh, primarily because, you know, you fast forward uh, four years later, and I'm still finishing my college degree, mind you, five years And There's a little bit of bump in the road there. And uh, I got back, and I was playing hockey. So I tried out five years later. I threw my shoulder out, shoulder out in tryouts, but I still made the team. And I played about 26 games or so uh, for Division II ACHA. And again, the brotherhood of Central Catholic came back again because those guys, first of all, there was a guy I played hockey with at Central Catholic who was a defensive partner that I got to go rekindle that bond with. And, uh, you know, you got 26 guys around you who are holding you accountable to everything that you do in school because if you don't get the grades, you don't get to play next weekend. If you don't get your work done, you don't get to ride and hang out on the bus. So you got the perfect mix of partying while you're working hard to make sure you get the grades. And uh, my GPA was never higher than when I was playing hockey in college.
0: And usually it's kind of the other way. The more you take on, the less GPA is. but that shows what? Discipline. I think you're right. To me. Now, what was in the middle between hockey and what you're doing now? What other jobs, what did you do?
1: So I'll tie it all together for you. When I was 17, you know, I'm entrepreneurial. My first uh, business was a sound system. I had a MacBook and I was a sound engineer, yeah. and I would mix up uh, <laughs> DJ sets for my friends to have played at their uh, graduation parties and I found the niche there, right? Everybody needs a sound system for their graduation party. So I went out and I bought a thousand dollar sound system and I rented it out to everybody who would let me be the sound guy for their, uh, you know, their graduation party fast forward that turned into kind of a record label ambition, uh, music for friends, uh, negotiating with, uh, concert promoters like Opus one productions and Drusky entertainment live nation and talking our way with recordings and emails on to shows. Uh, We would book a Facebook event pages and we'd sell tickets and send everybody to get down to that event and market. And uh, at a certain point in time, there's an opportunity for me to either attend an exam week in in January or attend the Snoop Dogg concert. (laughs) And it was like, Danny, you're going to have to make a decision between whether you want to pursue this passionate interest of music as a career or focus on school and finish school. And it was difficult to have the two overlapping. You just couldn't, couldn't fathom it. Um, so I stepped away from school for a little while. Oh. Uh, I tried to pursue the music dream for that spring, and it fizzled out by May or June. And uh, we decided we were going to become landscape managers. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're like me. Do all kind of stuff. Okay. Exactly. Now, how did so, you go into landscape manager?
1: JML Landscaping. They were uh, visible trucks everywhere. Right. They, they needed guys. They needed bodies. They were often a $1,000 bonus if you signed on and stayed for six weeks or something like that. And what so, was your role there? My role was to be the guy driving in the truck in the passenger seat of the truck, uh, trimming, trimming bushes, mulching, everything you can imagine the landscape guy do with a leaf blower and everything. Got it. Okay.
2: Now, the, first of all, again, I want to thank uh, folks at Snappies. Yes, you we're know, yes, coming sure. from we're coming from Snappies
0: and Snappy's Tap House. They have a new menu. That's
2: right. So that. appreciate yeah. uh, appreciate them hosting us. And um, you know, you and I met about five years ago, and you were uh, interning at uh, NCFTA, National Cyber Forensics and Training Alliance. I know how that came about. Let's talk about that, because that's when you were now, now you're in school at that point saying, I'm going to become a lawyer, and you wanted to get down to cyber. Now, you and I had talked, you know, briefly, uh, exchanged some notes, and uh, I know you're technical, and I know you wanted to get into cyber. How does that tie into your career? How did that, how did that pan out? What did that do for you?
1: you know that's a great question steve because everybody has these background on it and like getting to get a degree or whatever it is but sometimes a lot of these kids who got it backgrounds there's the kid who was playing xbox who's really good at getting around mom and dad's restrictions for the so, xbox portal right so you know we grew up with only one hour of xbox i wanted two hours i got good at figuring out how i could get two hours um so that experience at the ncfta was really formative in the sense that i'm a second year law student and i'm trying to get that externship to figure out what type of lawyer i'm going to be most people with their second year of law school they're going to work as an associate for a firm where they'll spend the rest of their life. I was going to take a, a different route, right? You know, work in innovation, work in cyber, work in all this—you uh, know, frontier work that law isn't necessarily caught up to, isn't really associated with. Um, so that experience was, you know, absolutely formative to me. I was writing a, a two-credit two independent study paper on cyber hacking as it relates to, you know, theft of intellectual property. Um, you know, wire fraud and, and every you know statute that you can use, you know, under the CFAA to throw against uh, a hacker who breaks into a, an industry and causes damages. Um, and at the time, you know, that's want to cry, not pet you. I remember it's like being in a fire hall when all the firefighters are on deck because you know you, you're the cyber guys. You, you're the guys who are supposed to know everything. And there's this virulent software that's spreading across the country at the time, and we're all there, you know, trying to figure out what this means.
2: You know, the the, the funny thing that you. S- yeah, we won't go down this rabbit hole too far, but it is a good point. You actually did, you were, I mean, I was there with you. you, you did, you got to see it firsthand, what is going on in the world of cyber. Problem with a lot of lawyers is, they go to law school and they study law, and then whatever whatever field they could, what's gonna be medical malpractice, whether it's gonna be you know cyber, whatever, all of a sudden, They're the expert, but they've never done. But for some reason, people say, oh, this is the expert. I'm going to go consult my lawyer. It's like, but they've never done it. And for some reason, it seems to be the only career field where you cannot have done it, but still be an expert. And a good example would be like saying, you know, like a military example, saying, listen, I'm going to put you in charge of a fighter squadron, even though you can't fly. But for some reason, lawyers can do that. Help me understand that.
1: Uh, it's a you know that's a tough cookie to un- unravel there and crumble. And I but don't
2: and I don't want to li- I don't want to ruin the self-licking ice cream cone that lawyers have created for themselves. E- exactly
1: right. You know lawyers, <laughs> lawyers, and computer people have notoriously had a little dichotomy, right? You know the computer people are down below in the eaves, and they're expected to get everything done when the lawyers want. It, right. right. We want it done. Uh, I haven't met a single computer devs dev- off programmer who doesn't read like a lawyer. They read in code, right? It's computer code. The law is a code. Lawyers, on the other hand, kind of think that they're, you know, sometimes they don't have to understand computer code, but they can understand law, to your point. And that's a, that's a dangerous precedent to set with lawyers. Um, you know, and I think that you hit the nail on the head with that. As far as specialties and expertise with lawyers, there's such a wide variety of law that's out there. You know, as a small practitioner who's trying to do everything that I can to help people, I often find myself going on a landlord tenant chase and then an automobile fraudulent sale case and then uh you know criminal defense guy got arrested for dui case or whatever and you know i in that time i have to pivot gears i have to change what i'm doing and it's a lot of paperwork it's a lot of filings it's a lot of logging into accounts and all of a sudden you you can't keep up with all that so lawyers really tend to niche down and get into that familiarity and then they establish that credibility and that cloud in that area and they feel themselves to be the expert of how the law works in that area even if they aren't experts as to how the science behind the law works in that area.
2: The irony is, is you can thank the lawyers for creating all of that paperwork for you that you have to fill out. But you know what? Again, it's the self-licking ice cream
1: cone. Exactly. Hey, we'll are- get us there someday.
0: <laughs> we are going to take a quick break, but first I uh, want to remind you to listen to our other show, Italian Impact Weekly. You can listen to that show ItalianImpactWeekly.com. We have some great guests on. Before we've had Vince Ferragamo, Mario Andretti, Vince Papali will be on shortly. Can't wait to have him on. Uh, you can listen to that show, again, at Italian Impact Weekly.com and CRSMMedia.com. Uh, don't forget about my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. You can get that at Barnes & Noble and Robinson. You can get it on my website at ClaudioRelsano.com, BarnesAndNoble.com, uh, and Amazon.com, John, John Melvin Publishing. Dot com. Don't forget about my show, Claudio Relsano show. I've had some great guests on like Dick Vermeil, Jerry Cooney, Vinnie Paz, Donnie Lung, Rocky Blyer, Ken Griffey Sr., Roman Gabriel, a bunch of great guests. You can listen to that show at ClaudioRelsano.com. The Boxing Authorities with Smoke and Jim Frazier, Luther Dupree, and myself. Check us out at wbc.vivetv.network and again our show talking business and life with claudio real and steve mancini check us out at crsmmedia.com and if you're looking for uh, someplace to sponsor your business give us a call send us an email at what's the questions at Italian Impact Weekly.com. but go to those sites and our emails there and if you're interested in any sponsorship for either show make sure you get in touch with us we'll give you uh, we'll, we'll, do good by you for sure. So, uh, come on back with Daniel Hickton.
2: All right. Again, appreciate folks taking, uh, time out of your all schedule. <clears throat> game appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Uh, I know you're busy. You know, we we chat a little bit and, uh, you know, you got a lot going on. It's too soon to ask you what's next, but what, but I want to stay with what's now. You have your own practice and you've stood this up. Now, are you trying to focus on any particular area? Or- yeah, it's a good question. So I,
1: I've been trying to get this thing fired up and I've got about a large Batch 20% of my work is nonprofit work. Uh, 30% of my work is, you know, aspirational founders, and then 50% of my work is let's make this work, to so make this work. <laughs> mm. So if you get in a landlord-tenant dispute or you get arrested, you know, I'll help you out. Uh, I'm, I'm a here lawyer for the people. I call myself. Uh, for those lawyers out there, you got the Citizens United case where uh, corporations get to pay for everything all of a sudden, and then we erode, you know, the little man's rights. You know, I'm here to go to bat for the little man.
2: You sound like you're running for office. Maybe one day you will, buddy. <laughs> no, but I will say this. I, I will say this, and I, and I mean this sincerely. You know, I knew you a long time ago, and uh, a good person is a good person, and that's really what it comes down to. I always believe you put, you put parties aside, put all that noise aside, and you should be voting for the person. Even whether you believe in every single issue that they believe in is irrelevant. You've got to vote for the person, and if we would do that, and stop doing the buckets we would we wouldn't have half the problems we have right now. I mean, yeah, you're so right, Steve. I mean, it's just like people just don't get it and I'm glad to see, you know, it, again, because I'm not harping on the faith piece, but it does go back to what kind of person do you want to be? Look, my brother's a lawyer. He was with the prosecutor's office for a long time, now he's criminal defense. So I, I I and I think he's a good person. I think he's a good lawyer and he does a lot for folks. Same thing. But I tell you what, I, you know, remember from my NCFTA days, you know, you get the emails from the lawyers and we're going to negotiate this nda with it and it's like my god these people are they are you trying to just make this as difficult like they don't want progress. maybe yeah i may, mean maybe <laughs> exactly but but to me that speaks like you're not trying to get, solve a problem you're just trying to keep Build this lawyers, right exactly yeah. and so those are things that i i think get lost so i i appreciate what you said and i think you're a good person and i think you're going to be successful and to me
1: success has nothing to do with how much you make
2: yeah it I r- doesn't I really appreciate
1: that Steve you know you, you reminded me of the scene in suits where Mike says that to Harvey you know I'm still trying to figure out what type of person I want to be right I think it's known in the legal profession that there's a little bit of uh, uh, you know you, you got to be a bad person to get ahead and I think that's a that's a misnomer and that's completely wrong um, because I think that in my experience as limited as it may be um, you know the greatest lawyers that I've had the experience of looking at you know Joe Rice being one of them of motley rice uh, who's famous for handling the uh, big tobacco and opioid settlement cases. He looks at all sides of the equation and he looks at everybody's rights. And even if you're the person that he's suing to go get all that money after you for, he still cares about you. You know, He's not here to just disgorge you for that money. He's here to make sure that a problem is solved and that everybody is lifted up from it. And that's the type of lawyer that I hope to become someday.
2: Uh, You know what? I'm gonna say one one kind of final thought and I'll give it back to you here, Claudio. Um, from our central catholic education we probably remember when thomas aquinas was coming up with his proofs for the existence and all that good stuff i'm not gonna make this a theological show but one of the things he said was you always have to see the argument from both sides you have to be you have to be honest and willing to look at it from both sides and then the truth comes
0: out it's true something we all have in common is adversity obstacles to get from point a to point b what were some of the ones that you've had to overcome both professionally and even personally if you want to share
1: Yeah, everybody has obstacles, right? Uh, If you don't have obstacles, I'd like to talk to you and find out how that's possible in your life. (laughs) Um, Reach out. Um, But I've I've faced a a lot of different obstacles in my life, whether it was, uh, you know, I'll admit I'm a medical marijuana card holder. Uh, I moved to Colorado to get away from, you know, what I see as antiquated laws here on the uh, East Coast. Uh, At the time, you know, growing marijuana on the, the West Coast looked like it's gonna be a profitable up and coming industry. I found out when I got out there, it's very much a cardboard cutout cookie town of innovation, which is very true of any innovation, sure. but there's a lot of shops out there that are saying they're this, but they're actually that. Um, you know, adversity is, you know, getting 1600 miles away from home and figuring out for the first time, like that job that you thought was a good job is actually a terrible job. Um, and overcoming that is is a challenge, right? Um, again, going to law school and, and the struggles that existed after that and, and really just studying. I thought I was gonna fail out in my first six months. I, I was getting Cs and I thought there's no chance in the world, they're gonna let me stay to the next semester, and uh, what did I do? I buckled down, man. I said I'm not gonna let my parents down. I'm not gonna let my family down. I'm 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 not gonna let me down, right? right? And uh, you know, I think I got a couple Bs the next semester, and then you know, nothing but Bs and As after that. So you know, first year's hard in law school. This first six months, give yourself some slack if you're a kid out there in law school right now. It's like going back to middle school again with the amount of drama that's out there. Who's going to roofie or coffee or give you laxatives in your coffee or whatever because <laughs> you got the exam coming up, right? Um, there's a lot of backstabbing in that. Not at Pitt, of course. Pitt's a phenomenal school. Where I'm, I remain great cordial contacts with all my friends. But, um, you know, those Yales or Columbia's, you hear the stories, right? I can't okay. speak firsthand. Um, but I think that goes back to the cutthroat competitive nature of law school and of making life. people life and life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and you gotta, you got to be able to overcome adversity. And uh, when, when you're in it, lean on those who support you. You know, they're there, Uh, use them. They're your friends and family.
0: Which leads to my next question. Role models have been extremely important to me. Uh, I know for a fact I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for role models, starting with my parents. There's a lot of them, some I have met, some I just studied from afar. Name some of the role models you've had.
1: I've been super, super blessed to have a father figure in my life, David J. Hickton, who's absolutely the man. Um, you know, I've had an older brother, you know, who played hockey and guided me all along the way. Uh, aside from those internal family role models, you know, as a legal professional, I obviously look up to Joe Rice and everything he does. Uh, I found him when I was in law school. Funny story. He was actually an opponent to my dad all the time. I decided I'm gonna go work for dad's opponent and learn how to be a plaintiff's lawyer as opposed to a defense attorney. Um, you know, those role models, whether it's Sidney Crosby, you know, just, just such a grinder. Just a guy who just works so hard every single day. To be better than somebody else, uh, to make sure that he's the best at what he and does, a good man. and a good man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Pittsburgh in our sports community has a ton of those role models. Whether it's Jerome Bettis, uh, you know, throughout throughout history, we just got all these great guys who are just out there to be upstanding citizens. Sure.
2: So. And you know what's key to that?
1: They they never, to your point,
2: there are a lot of successful people, but they never had to screw you over to be successful, and that's what makes them a great person. It's it's not about measuring whether I'm. The number one ranked they're good they're obviously some of the best but they didn't become the best by stepping on you they said you know what to beat you i've got to be better than you which means i have to work harder than you and uh you know that's the key and, and i think you see it now a lot of people they just don't want to work hard i mean we joke about that people want everything given to them you know i'm going to be honest with you you know i know i know your dad i mean i i, I know your dad and you know you could have chosen to just have things easy and given to you, but you didn't. You took the hard road, you took, but that made you a better person as a result of that. And you've got to be proud of that. I know your family's proud of that. Let's talk about, you know, you obviously didn't see yourself in this position five years ago, yet alone, you know, 10 years ago. Where, do you, where, do you, where are you going as a person? Where do you see yourself as a person five, 10 years from now?
1: i hope to uh own a development company that has a few units that are reasonable where everybody who lives inside them is incredibly happy with their deal and has no black mold or asbestos or lead paint to worry about or a landlord who's please give me the address you know i mean (laughs) i'll I'll talk about that for days i mean with the real estate issues that we to your point people just love if you're going to get a gain in real estate it's going to be somebody else's loss that's right and that's uh, should almost be criminal in this day and age because you get people upside down in a house and all of a sudden we have a housing crisis um, so, I mean, you know, great, great, great comments there. So. You Pretty know sure. what,
0: Though when you said that, I, I was asked, I did an interview not too long ago, and I think they said, what's your business philosophy? For everybody to win, why does it just have to be me? I, I don't want to leave the room and them say, ah, Claudio, he's a bad guy, you know? Uh, if they do say and it certainly isn't my fault, but that, that's what's screaming out of you that you do want to help people. And as I said, the first minute we met, I knew you were a good guy. I well, appreciate that yeah. again, Claudio. Now, um, we talked about role models. Do you envision yourself maybe speaking or, you know, you talked about coaching and uh, obviously everybody wants to get paid for what they do, but uh, I always said this numerous times. Jim Valvan I used to say his favorite word in the English dictionary was word impact. Is so that something that's important to you.
1: Absolutely. Uh, as a community development lawyer, essentially that's why I brand myself. A lot of the work that I take on is going out there and finding stuff that nobody wants to do, to your point. It's hard work. You know, writing a, an 80-page lawsuit, just the first complaint is hard work interviewing that person who has that 80 pages of grief is hard work. And on the plaintiff side, you're always at a disadvantage because the defense just needs to put stop it one time. You gotta put the puck in the neck every single time if you're the offense in order to win that case. And so, you know, for me, that community impact, I want it to be twofold. I, I not only wanna be a, a business owner who owns businesses or stake in businesses that are true, reputable, honest, you know, take your your everybody you know to that business, businesses. You know, I also want to maintain my book of legal practice and services so that I can continue to do this pro bono work that really keeps me feeling good about what I do.
2: Oh, that's good stuff. By the way, I just want to appreciate the fact that again, you use some hockey metaphors and I love it. Uh, I got to ask the
1: question, are you coaching or helping out anywhere? You know, I'd love to, if you got any opportunities anywhere and they want to take me, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry to get back in the game. Uh, I, I haven't been on skates since before COVID really, uh, wow. one time for the Central Catholic uh, uh-huh. versus the police alumni game.
2: Yeah, I haven't been on skates in a few years. And uh, my shoulder, uh, funny when you said you dislocated your shoulder. I actually have wrecked my shoulder. It's gone. I can never play again. Um, but uh, there, I, you, you know what I, mean, what I mean when you get that bite and you're like, oh, I want to go freaking play
1: hockey. And I'm you can't do it. I'm always skating on thin ice. So
0: always- <laughs> <So> <laughs> you know, a
1: judge told me that one time. You're skating <laughs> on thin ice, Mr. Dixon.
0: <laughs> That's one thing. I've been blessed. I, I can play all the sports well. Right? Baseball, basketball, football, golf, the whole nine yards. One thing I cannot do to skate now we played street I was good goalie pretty good F- skate I cannot skate at all and it's amazing when you see these guys you know yourself included just kind of skate like it's no big deal and I just cannot do it yeah, I can't do it like, I don't
1: kill myself once skates, so I'm happy. It's yeah, it's like riding a bike. You never you never forget once you learn.
0: Oh, I haven't learned. You know
2: yet. what?
1: We're gonna find out.
2: Cause I, gotta, yeah. I think, this, I think this fall I might want to go. Just <laughs> at least go skating. I mean,
0: I do miss it.
2: Well, we'll count um, me in. We, you know things. what? We'll have to do that. Let's we'll just pick up somewhere.
0: You, you talked about fee setups. Kind of interesting the way you kind of mentioned that. Talk about your fee setups, the flat fees, success fees, and things like that.
1: Yeah, so a lot of times the folks that come to my office maybe don't have a ton of money on hand. They've taken some money from, you know, their family members to start up a business idea, and they don't necessarily want to spend money up front on an attorney and see no value. So part of my sales process, and it is a sale because I'm an attorney and I'm selling myself, is to let them know that I'm here to provide value and that that value can be built out around a contractual arrangement between us that we define the terms, those those terms can be defined as success terms, and we can generate a fee based on that success. Uh, simultaneous to that, if you want me to go do something a la carte, like form an LLC or write a demand letter, charge you hourly and just give you a flat fee on that, it makes it fluid and accessible and makes my clients understand what's what in the relationships, so it's good expectations.
0: I do have something else. Uh, we had a guest on a few weeks ago, and we were talking about all the things that I do, right? And he, the the line of, you can't chase two rabbits, right? Well, I've been fortunate. I've been able to chase five, six rabbits, and I've been able to catch them somehow. It seems like that's something that you want to do. I'd like you to debunk that myth that you can't, you only have to chase one rabbit.
1: I got a great answer for this one. You ever put something together at Ikea? You know, you're screwing the stuff in. How about that fifth or sixth screw? Or how good at screwing the screw in are you, right? You figured out all the different quirks of screwing in. Yeah. Well, chasing rabbits is the same way. If you're chasing your business dreams and you're chasing your passions, you know there's no reason why you can't have a couple eggs in a couple different baskets. Exactly. It's all about time management, priority management, time management, making sure your ends are meet on the on the front end and on the back end.
0: Do you agree that sometimes people spend so much time? Like I showed Joe Hale, our wonderful producer, I have an index card every day. I list all the things I have to do pay bills pick up my daughter make this call email send a note to dan do a show coach practice landscaping speaking whatever it is i do and i get if i have like 15 16 things down i usually get around 13 14 down because i don't spend 50 years doing just wasting time and that's something that's really it bothers the hell out of me
1: you just waste time it comes back to the iterative process of being a computer programmer trying to break into something you just keep getting better and better at how you figure out how to work into it right so i use the top 25 list every day I write down the twenty-five things I want to get done today. I circle the top five, and I don't take a break till the first three are done.
0: And what isn't done, you move to tomorrow.
1: Exactly. Yep. Steve? The whole
2: priorities: what's important, what's not important. Um, and I'm the same way. I have to. I have to keep a running list because, to your point, I mean, I I got a full-time job. I now, you know, I teach full-time. We got this. We got this podcast. We've got a radio show. I'm a member of a board. Like. Some of these are, are things people do spend almost full time doing. And I'm like, I got multiple full time jobs. But you know what? We talked about this when we did uh, the uh, interview with, um, how was it? Uh, uh, I don't know if it was uh, Vince Ferragamo. When we talked about, you know what though? If you still have time, just sit down and watch TV. You can't say you're overworked, and it doesn't mean oh, you don't right, need... You re, yeah, it's ready, has, yeah. You have so, everything
0: under... If everything seems... Because he corrected me. Oh, right. If everything <laughs> seems under control, you're not going fast enough. Oh, yeah. I like that from a race car driver. Right. No. Oh, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Especially him. You're, um, you're talking about synchronicity, right? If, if you do A and B aligns with A, you're going to learn from A and B, and you're going right. to be better at A, B, and C. That's right. And and so I, I'm not
2: trying to like 24 hours, 7 days. Well, you got to have downtime. I keep saying that, but it doesn't mean... That like, you know, like we talk about when people want to retire and you do what? Well, I just want to sit on the beach. I am telling you, I go on vacation after about a week. I'm like, "Eh, get me the heck out of here. I'm ready to get back to doing something. I don't want to kill myself working, you know, so I'm kind of warning you now, buddy. (laughs) I I hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Be active, get involved in things, but don't overdo it. Before we kind of, uh, you know, give a couple more uh, final questions. um, One thing we didn't ask was how do people get a hold of you? Right.
1: I have a website you can type my name into google daniel hickton uh, the law office of daniel hickton will come up i've got a great guy in kansas city named cooper saunders who helps all kinds of lawyers number one digital rated marketing guy in the world over there i also have a website that's still up that's a legacy site council 1337 c-o-u-n-s-e-l-1337.com and you can email me at danny at council1337.com all
0: right you know again steve mentioned it and it kind of reminded me one time maybe about seven years ago it was in january i said you know what i'm not gonna do anything today i'm i'm, I'm just constantly every single day I, I may work pretty much every single day except for christmas that, that that week right so i'm not gonna do anything but watch there was some john f kennedy things i was gonna watch at. That. that lasted seven minutes <laughs> I, I felt guilty i said no i got i gotta make a phone call i gotta work i gotta do something i kind of have a feeling you're that way as well
1: yeah, you know, being, being busy is a good way to keep yourself out of trouble. Someone told me that once. You know, if you're, if you're bored and you're sitting around, you're going to get yourself into some. Oh, you know, you're, you're going to... Yeah. A hockey coach, you'll love this one. If you hesitate, you're already beat. Yeah, That's right. You know, if your feet are flat, you're already caught. So, yeah. you, you know, you got to keep yourself moving out there on the ice so you don't break your neck.
0: I have, I have a right. friend of mine who owns a scouting business. He starts at 9, phones on, phones off at 5. And I, even on vacation, like he he test me. Uh, and he would say, I'm going to call you on vacation, so call me, I'm going to answer. I always answer because you never know when that phone call is going to be, or, or if they need you, okay. But you may make a good buck out of it, so I, the phone's always on. I know some people, they will not answer the phone, I'm always checking and this You and know,
1: Claudio, I want to say something there. Generationally speaking, something I learned as an assistant district attorney downtown for about eight months there, seven and a half, eight months. You know, you, you have to pick up the phone and call people. You don't have time to email everybody, and you need to pick up the phone and make calls. That's right. not that's a skill that you have to have. You have to be able to talk to people. Yeah. Um, and I think that you, you've got a good point there. You know, you got to be ready. You got to have your working hours when you're on, when you're off, and uh, let people you know reach you and pick up the phone when they call.
0: Well, that's why you're here. Like I said, I, I did an interview with Draft Nation, who we're going to talk to Joe Kuklis, the owner of that, and. Um, we just start talking and and right away like you said it was a sopranos it was an episode called a hit's a hit a good music's good music good people are good people i and, think that's so, what they were talking about but go ahead well but it's, <laughs> it's, uh, what do they call that when it's uh, kind of the same thing what do they call that was, whacked no oh. well that's what you took it as but the guy in the show was talking about music oh you know? okay yeah we don't need any stereotypes we're italian here, here buddy yeah.
2: <laughs> you say whacked us
0: again i, I can see why daniel is successful and um and you know what the thing is with you and I, i'm being serious one thing i don't do is is uh you know bs anybody for the lack of a better term you're not you're nowhere near being done you know you, you still have a long way i mean you're, you're still going to accomplish a lot so I, I wish you all the best and uh, maybe you and i can do something together hopefully we kind of touched on that a little
1: bit and uh i wish you all the best i look forward to it claudio this has been quite a, quite an experience all right brother steve awesome.
2: no thanks danny Again, appreciate you showing up and um appreciate the folks uh yeah, Snappies here in Coriopolis. With a new here. menu
1: in
0: Coriopolis. Is this Mill Street? Is that where it's yep, That's Yeah, Mill street? this is on
1: Mill Street. It's a beautiful street that we hope here in Coriopolis will be shut down someday and look like Pearl Street in Denver.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Pearl Street We're gonna is. We're going to just so nod so. and go, sure. walk. A walkable, oh, beautiful, bridge-cobble like town with, with, oh, yeah. with
1: bushes in the middle instead of cars. No parking uh, on the like side. Kind of like what they do in like, Europe. Exactly. I,
2: I, I'm telling you, because I just got back a few weeks ago, and I miss just being able to walk. And you just can't do it here. People say, oh, we got to get rid of cars. Okay, then... And give me a reason to walk, otherwise I'm going I mean to drive. That's
0: It's funny because that's nice there's like, sidewalks. You yeah. can walk everywhere, you know. But, and, uh,
2: but no, again, heaven. Well, it's nice over it there. Is, it's, it uh, is. So again, I want to thank folks at Snappy's here in Coriopolis. Again, Danny, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it. Um, thank one you, Joe more time, Hale. you always got to thank Giuseppe Joe Hale. He's our uh, engineer guy, and I'm telling you something. We're putting this guy through the ringer offline hit us up with a beer one time we'll tell you how we're just beating poor joe down uh, with all the shows we're doing but uh, danny one more time give us tell us how to get a hold of you
1: danny at council1337.com
2: all right appreciate it again thank you very much folks thanks again for joining us and uh who's going to be our next guest Claudio uh
0: joe kuklas he is the principal owner of draft nation and he is expanding that business like crazy i've been fortunate enough to be the baseball guy with it which i'm sure we'll talk about Um, And uh, he'll be a great guest. Looking forward to it.
2: Awesome. Again, thank you, folks. Thank you again for joining us and uh, have a wonderful day.
0: Thank you for listening to Talking Business and Life with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini. Tune in next week for more impactful business and life experiences with Claudio and Steve.